Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. It's always, a, it's always a blessing to be able to study your word together. And we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the time. We thank you for the technology that we have, Father, that we can do that. Father, we pray you, you be with our, our, our audience, that we will say things in a way that they can understand and that they can be benefited and blessed from, from what the study is going to be today. Thank you, Father. And it's in the name of your Holy Son we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are in Exodus 35. Now, as we've said before, contrary to popular belief, we're not actually doing a verse-by-verse -verse study of the Law and the Prophets. So well, it didn't look like it. To, it didn't look like to some of the them. last probably the last 15, 20 episodes. It looks like we're doing a verse-by-verse -verse study. But if we were in we were in 34 or 32 or whatever for for about three four weeks. Well, and look, there are going to be some areas that we're going to spend a lot more time on than other areas. Mm -hmm. This is an area that we're going to move through pretty quickly. Um, in Exodus 35. So overarching story, God has told, God told Abram back in Genesis, Genesis mm -hmm. 15, hey, you know, your people are going to go down to Egypt. They're going to be slaves. I'm going to deliver them. And that's really what we've seen in Exodus, right? Yeah. Moses, God picked up Moses. He sent him to the people. He led his people out with a mighty hand, led them all through the wilderness, led them to Mount Sinai, made a covenant with them. They broke the covenant. Mm -hmm. Now, this is God kind of getting back on track with these are the things we're going to do in the covenant. Yeah. Now, the covenant is still broken. It's not fixed yet. But before God helps them fix the covenant, mm -hmm. right? This is and this is pretty cool. And this is a, this is how far does God go for us? Really think about it for a second. How far does this guy go for us and why put up with it? I mean, look, I, I'm just telling you, if this was my Aunt Hill, I'd have smoked him a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I'd have smoked him a long time. I'm not putting up with this foolishness. Yeah. You know, but God is so patient with us. But you go all the way back to chapter 32. Isn't that where you've been preaching from on the character, character yes. of God? You know, and you look at uh, the one that really stuck out to me is how he protects his love towards us. He protects his love. He he uh, he doesn't let anything get in the way of his love for us. Mind blowing. Yeah, it is mind blowing. And it, mind blowing. I never saw that before. And it and it's uh, uh, I think I think we I think we don't understand when God has a relationship with somebody, it's not like we have relationships with somebody. Our relationships with somebody, they come and go. They're flighty. Mm -hmm. You know, we're very, we're very fickle in what yeah, we do. Absolutely. You know, we, we're, we're going, we're driven by this wind or that wind. And it comes in our relationship too. You can see what the divorce rate's like. You can see what way, way parents raise children. I mean, it's, it's it, but God's not like that. God, God values us so highly that he wants so desperately for us to be, in a committed relation with him, he'll do whatever it takes to get us there. So no, he's not going to step on this anthill. 
No. He not he won't because it's his anthill. You know, that honestly it's been that's been my favorite one so far. Out of all of the ones I've done, right? So we've talked about mm-hmm. every other aspect of God's character so far, you know, his forgiveness, his bounding love, and all of those things out of Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Yeah. That maintaining was just when I started studying that and looking at that, maintains his love. Yeah. Maintains love to thousands. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like this is this is awesome. Yeah. How he how he nurtures it in heart and, and And you know, Cole, I think in these in these next four chapters, I think it's just showing you know, God is God's going to pre- present them with a with a lifestyle. Here's your life. Here's what your lifestyle is going to be like now. Yeah. That's really what he's going to set the tabernacle up. He's going to make them build the ark. He's going to he's going to set all the priestly garments in place. He's going to tell the priest what to do. You know, and these are the same priests, the same tribe of people that mm-hmm. that that bred the leader that made the golden calf. That's right. And then the same guys that could stood next to Moses and wiped out 3000 of their fellow men, countrymen. Well, but this is also Levi. If you remember the patriarch, mm-hmm. Levi, the son of Judah, or mm-hmm. the, rather, excuse me, the son of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, what did he do? Him and his brother, when so their Joseph. sister was raped. Oh yeah. Went and killed, went and killed. Well, they didn't just go kill him. I mean, like, I mean, it's one thing, right? Oh my gosh, you did something horrible. You did something horrible to my family. Now I'm going to kill you. That's not what they did. No. They walked up and they said, all right, well, yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, you give her to you in marriage, but you know, first you guys got to be circumcised. Oh yeah. And then once they circumcised them, they went through and slaughtered everybody, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's devious thinking yeah, here. This be, is yeah. their patriarch. This yeah. is, these are people they come from. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's 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 pretty cool. God looks at all of this, and instead of smoke you, you know, I mean, it's blessing and forgiving and and awesomeness. And this is and look, He is giving them something, unlike anything the rest of the nations have. He is giving them a place, a throne for Him amongst their people. That's, that's right. what and that's what these chapters, these chapters thirty-five to forty, really are all about. Mm-hmm. They're all about Moses doing all the things that God said to set up this traveling temple, mm-hmm. this traveling place where sacrifices can be offered to God, where God can dwell amongst the people. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool thing because once they get it all set up and once they travel in numbers, we'll see how God arranges mm-hmm. the camp, mm-hmm. but God is always in the middle of the camp. It's yeah. really, it's a really cool yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And there's a lot of things going on. I think we're going to jump into Hebrews too, what, after going through some of this mm-hmm. and look at what this is all leading to. Because if you were just reading, if you were doing a yearly Bible reading plan and you got to Exodus 35, after getting out of Exodus 34, Exodus 34 is a lot of narrative, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of that story connecting everything. But once we jump into 35, it's all regulations and law code again. Yeah. It's all do this, do that, do this, do that. And so why? It doesn't give you any why. Yeah, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's really just kind of like almost out of place. Like you don't understand the significance or the importance of this. And and for us in the 21st century reading through this, we don't have any connection really to this. I think, I think maybe Catholics can have, a, can, can kind of connect to it a little bit better because I know in Catholicism, when you go into a, a, a building or whatever, one of their, one of their buildings, um, they have like, this is a holy place, like only the priests can stand up there and they've got special boxes where um, the 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 bread for that's Christ that's supposed to be the Eucharist is. They've got all of that special stuff kind of set up. They have censors and all that. So that ceremonial aspect of it, I think Catholics can kind of grab onto what's going on here a little bit better than maybe Protestants who who just don't have stuff like this. Yeah. We, we don't have anything like this anymore. Yeah. So... In Exodus 35, it begins, right? And so Moses assembled the whole Israelite community and said to them, this is verse 1 and 35, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. 
For six days work is to done, but on the seventh uh, day shall be your holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does work on it is to be put to death. Do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath. And this is important because we're about to do a whole lot of work. So we're going to keep the Sabbath while we're doing this. And in verse four, he said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. Uh, You're to take an offering for the Lord, everyone who's willing to be brought. And so now we're assembling the materials, Mm -hmm. right? We're not going to do any work on the Sabbath day. That's the seventh day of the week. Okay. That is Saturday. Mm -hmm. The Sabbath is not Sunday. No, It's never been Sunday. I don't know why people get that confused but the sabbath is always and has always been saturday sunday is the first day of the week Mm -hmm. we worship on sunday as christians because that's the day the lord rose that's the day the lord met with his apostles and broke bread with them that is the tradition the apostles passed down that we would gather on sunday it was their tradition in acts chapter 20 they met on the first day of the week as was was their habit to do so we we all the way going back to acts now we can go look through church history as well and all the way through church history the christians the church has met on Sunday. And, and I we, think even even Paul tells them in 1 Corinthians 16, they're supposed to collect an offering on the first day of the week. On the first day of every week, they're supposed right. to collect an offering. They're supposed to sing songs. They're supposed to encourage one another. Mm-hmm. These are all things they did they, on the first day. They, of the were, week. they were, but, you know, digressing away from this, you know, we're, this, is, this is about God setting before them now as they're going to start to travel through the wilderness. I mean, they've only been at this a couple of months. That's right. All right. And now he's going to set them up a lifestyle. Here's your lifestyle. Here's what it's going to be. And it's going to revolve around him. That's right. It's going to revolve around this big tent, which is called the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. When the middle of that tent or in the at one end of that tent is going to be a place where he's going to have them build a box called the ark. And that's where he's going to be. That's right. He's going to be in that place. And he will, he will sit in judgment there. And then they will arrange the tribes in around this tabernacle. So the tabernacle will be the center. This tent will be the center of their whole life and their, and their lives. And when they camp, their lives will, will, will be all around this, this, this tabernacle. They'll they'll be situated all around this tabernacle. And it gets very detailed. It's not, it's not just it. it, Like if you've, if you've been camping, like uh, Mm -hmm. my son and I were in Troy life for a bit. When you went camping, we had certain ways to set things up. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever go camping with a lot of people in the military, when we would do our field training, we had certain ways that we had to set things up. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever you have a lot of people, the way you organize your camp is important, Mm -hmm. right? It's, but what we're going to see is even the details, even the details for these things are incredibly important. If we come down to Exodus 35, 30, then Moses said to the Israelites, see, the Lord has chosen Bezal, son of Uri, and the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for works in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, to engage in, engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Ahilab, uh, the son of Ahimask of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skills to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiders, and blue, purple, scarlet yarn and fine linen, linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. God has blessed his people in Israel to do all this work, and they're going to. They're going to carve, I mean, they're going to knit. They're, these, these, the coverings of the tent are going to be knitted specially. They're going to be designed in a specific way. The Ark of the Covenant is going to be made out of wood I mean, and encased in if gold. If you go and, study it, it's really, a, it's really a massive... It's a huge inter- undertaking. I mean, the the... You know, it's it's a it's an amazing amazing it's an amazing tent. It's not just a tent. It's got sections in it. It's it's huge. It's yeah. this huge thing. They're gonna build. Uh, they're gonna build 
all types of furnishing. sacrifice, all gonna, types of furnish. And yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, they're going to build lampstands. I mean, they're going to carve them out of gold. And they're not, yeah, they're not going to just be like, you know, like how I would make a lampstand, right? A torch and yeah. light it on fire and be done with it, right? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. This is going to be like carved in it. In it in and it has, it's going to be like this, like a candelabra with seven different, you know, it's, it's They're going to have blossoms, golden blossoms hanging off of it and stuff. It's oh, going to yeah. be these beautiful, beautiful I mean, even things. the even the apparel that the priest will wear. They're going to have sashes and and all kinds of all kinds of intricate stuff on their cuffs and stuff it, with inside pockets, so they can put stuff inside the pockets. I mean, it's it's going to be a, it's amazing. This is in Exodus uh, thirty six fourteen. So they made curtains of goat hair for the tent over. These are just the curtains. Yeah. Listen, listen to how elaborate the curtains are. They made curtains of goat hair for the tent over the tabernacle. Eleven altogether. All eleven curtains were the same size: thirty cubits long, four cubits wide. They joined five of the curtains into one set, and the other six into another set. Then they made fifty loops along now, the now edge. Wait, wait. A cubit is eighteen inches. Eighteen inches. Okay. Yeah. So it's about it's about about, about, yeah. about that. That's about a cubit, right? right? And it's thirty of them. Yes. Is how. Okay. All right. Uh, then they made 50 loops along the edge of the end of the curtain in one set and also along the edge of the end of the curtain in the other set. They made 50 bronze clasps to fasten the tent together as a unit. Then they made for the tent a covering of ram skins dyed red and over that a covering of other durable leather. They made upright frames of acacia wood for the tabernacle. Each frame was 10 cubits long and a cubit and a half wide with two, pro, uh, two projections set parallel to each other. They made all the frames of the tabernacle in this way. They made 20 frames for the south side of the tabernacle and made 40 silver bases to go under them. These are the things that the, the wood is sticking into the ground. These little silver bases. They made all these silver bases. They made them out of silver. Yeah. You know, it's, it, this is a vast undertaking. And where did they get all this from? God. But where did they get all the all the? Oh 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 yes, got yes. It from Egypt. They got it from Egypt. Right. They plundered Egypt. When they plundered Egypt, Egypt said, "Here, right. here's some. We'll pay you to go." Just now, now let's now hold on. So this is in the mind of God, right? God is is has been planning to build this tabernacle, right? Because He knows, and we're going to look at Hebrews in a little bit. Yep. The tabernacle is a shadow of things to come. Yep. And we're going to talk about that in Hebrews, but. All of those things, all of that gold and all of this, that stuff is all meant to go to building this very elaborate shadow where God is going to play out the act of redemption in the Israelites' mind for the next thousands of years, prepping them. And like we were talking before, this is only a precursor. Right. It's, it's yeah. a precursor of the temple that yeah. Solomon's going to build hundreds of years later. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a long time. David wants to build it, can't, because he's a man of blood. He's killed people. Solomon's going to get to build it. And he's going to build it. And then in 1 Kings 8, he's going to look at it and he's going to say, this is not possible that, that, a, that, a, that a heavenly God who created the universe can dwell on the earth. It's not possible. And that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to fill it up. He's going to come in and fill it up. And that's only a precursor to us. Because yeah. now it says in 1 Corinthians that we are the temple of God. Yeah. We are the temple. He comes and makes his dwelling with us. So Cleans us up and makes his dwelling with us. That's what it's all headed to. That's all it's that's, all headed that's to. That's what yeah. it's all headed that's to. What it's all headed. But in this moment, think about it. God has said, hey, I... I I'm plundering Egypt. So all the way back then, he's thinking about this temple. What did they use the gold for? Something I just thought of. Nobody else around them, nobody is going to have what these guys have. And it's going to make them, it, it, within their mindset and their heart, they're going to start to look at themselves as, we are unique and we are special. Because of all of this we have, even Rahab's going to tell them, 
We've heard about you. Your fame has spread before you. Be, you don't think people didn't didn't see them at from a distance and see this tabernacle, this thing set up and said, oh my God, because it made them unique. Nobody had anything like this. God is going to create what he, what the, this shadow on earth, and it's going to make them special, just like us. Think about how horrific it is that they use that stuff to make a golden calf. I know, I know, I know. And that's so. I, I, well, and how horrific it is for us to take for granted in complacency uh, our our ability, our, our the the gift we have of grace and mercy, and we and we spit on it. You know, we we don't go to church when we're supposed to. I mean, we don't we don't uh, fellowship with the brethren like we should. We don't love each other like we're like we're commanded to do. We don't give like we're commanded to do. We don't do any of that stuff like we're commanded to do. And and so this this elaborate detail that God has given to us. Just like to them, we, we we play it like it's a game. Or we pass on it. You know, God gives us and blesses us with, with abilities, mm -hmm. with things. Sometimes that's it's financially, right? He gives us things that we need so mm -hmm. we can participate mm -hmm. in his work. But he also gives us who we are and what we are. And he, you know, it says in Ephesians, right, that Christ has blessed us with all of these gifts for the building of the body. And then we deny the body, Yeah. right? It's yeah. like you're saying, you're, we don't come to church. Why is it so important to come to church? Well, it's important to come to church because God has blessed you because with a gift. God has set it up that way. It's, well, you need he, to come and be a part of the body. You're a vital part. If we do what we're supposed to do the way we're told, right, we become very unique. And we become very elite. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and if we do it the way we're supposed to, we stick out. I was, I, I went for the first time the other day and got my hair cut. I hadn't had a haircut in 40 years. My wife's always cut her, my hair, always. And I went and got a haircut and I got this talking to this girl and, uh, and I started, I started telling, I said, you know, I, I said, it, I, I was very particular for a long time and, you know, and my wife cut it and I was very particular about the way she cut it. And, and, and I said, because I'm online a lot and I've and I'm in front of people a lot. And she said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I do live stream. And she said, what church you for? And I told her, she said, oh, y'all are the ones that do the trunk or treat. Yep, we sure are. You know, and, and I felt very, very uh, uh, warm inside because I knew how many people, and it was my people, my people. I thought of you and your wife, and I thought of Ruth and Adam, and I thought of all these, uh, John and, and, and Kevin and all these guys and Dan and all these guys that spend tirelessly working on that kind of stuff. And I was sitting in that chair, and it was nobody in that room but her, me, and my wife. It was all that was there. And, and I got to talk to her, and I felt, man, yeah, yeah, I'm part of that. Yeah, I'm part of that group. And that's what this is. They get to be a part of that group. That's right. They're part of that group. And I want to I read something out of Hebrews, and it's in Hebrews chapter 8. Okay, this is about the tabernacle. It's not about the ark yet. It's just about the tabernacle. So the tabernacle, and, and again to reiterate, because you keep using that word, it's the tent. It's the it's tent. It's this really elaborate tent. It, that's what it is. Where God's throne is going to be. And every time they camp, they set this thing up. Because right. usually when they camp, they camp for a few days. They don't. They, they don't just camp for overnight. They camp right. for a bit. Sometimes they'll camp for a, a week or a month or something. But sometimes a couple. Because this is a this thing's massive. All right. It is. Huge. It takes a it takes a huge undertaking to set it up. And they set it up, and then they have to take it down. They set it up, and they have to take it, and they have special jobs. Everybody is different. Not everybody, you know, there's certain people have this job, certain people have that job. There's certain people like like these two guys you just read about that have the job of, of building and crafting, all, and, and then teaching people, yeah, yeah. you know, teaching others to do it. And so here in chapter 8 of Hebrews, he says, now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do, we do have such a high priest 
And he's talking about Jesus here. Where are you at in Hebrews? In verse 1. Who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle, set up by the Lord, not by mere human beings. Okay? So Jesus left here, the, the real high priest, and went to the real sanctuary, the real tabernacle. He did this after he died on after the cross. After he died. When he resurrected in heaven, he's gone. And you have to, it, you know, it's really hard to study Hebrews picking verses out of, out of the context. This one book, you really have to study the whole book. Yeah. But but here, and he says, every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifice. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. Okay, he's talking about Jesus. And he said, if he were on earth, he would not be priest. For there are already priests who offer the priests prescribed. And that was, we'll get into that when we get to the priests. But the priests were of the tribe of Levi. That's Jesus right. did not come from the tribe of Levi. He came from the tribe of Aaron. So Judah. I mean, Judah. Yeah, Judah. And he said, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest. And then in verse 5, he said, they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But if in, fa in fact, the ministry of Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as this covenant of which he is a mediator is superior to the old cut one since the new covenant is established on better promises. He said, everything that Jesus is doing is going to, is, is, uh, Taken off of that, but it's better. But here, this is what it has to start. It's the precursor of the temple, which is the precursor to us. And here he said, now you be very careful how you build this. Make sure you build it right. Do exactly what I'm telling you. Okay? Now, this is not about everything we do. God is telling us, be careful. And if you don't do worship exactly right, or if you don't do this exactly right, I'm going to come down with lightning bolts and kill all of you. He's talking about the tabernacle here. That's right. That's right. Okay? He's talking about the tabernacle. I know some have taken this tech, this 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 place and said, oh, you see, you know, we got to do everything. You know, come on, guys. Leave the stuff in context. What's the context talking about? It's talking about the tabernacle and setting up for them a lifestyle because he knows they're going to be wandering in the wilderness for a while. Well, and how important is it? You know, let's, 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 in Leviticus chapter 10, we're going to get into just yes. how important this, yes. this, this is, okay? Yes. They are in, in Leviticus 10 and here, they are building up to this shadow of this redemptive act that Christ is going to perform mm -hmm. thousands of years later. That's what they're looking towards. Mm -hmm. God is teaching them and through them eventually going to teach the entire world mm -hmm. about what this is all about. How creation has fallen and God's intent is to redeem it. It's a very important thing that we get right. This is why God says to Moses, you got to do it exactly as I say. Because it's got to look like what it's up there. You've got to you've got to have some type of perception of what's actually up here. You need to understand that it's not about, you know, it's not about God being a tyrant, you know. And I, oftentimes, when we start, when we take this text and we pull it out of context and we say, "See, it's about getting everything right," yeah. that's legalism, folks. Yeah, that's legalism. That's, that's legalism. Yeah. In the under the Christian in the Christian age in the age of the church under Christ. The new standard, the thing you got to get right is trust God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. Those are the things we got to get right. Yeah. But because we grab this and we pull it out of context and we apply it to every single thing under the sun that God has not applied it to. Yeah. And we're going to even see under this covenant, under this covenant, it wasn't applied to every single no, thing under was, the sun. It was only, the, it, all he's talking about here is the building of the tabernacle. Because it's so important, I think, and every time I, 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 I read this and I look at it and say how elaborate this thing was, and it's only a shadow 
because a shadow, uh, 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 you know, when you when you walk at night, you know, and you walk in a street light and you're and it projects you, that's not you. No. Right. That's only an image of you. You get a kind of a, a sense of you, you know, or if you walk in, in the if you walk in the sun and the, and the sun's casting a shadow, you know, behind your back and casting a shadow. That's not you. That's just a that's just an image of you. Right. As you walk. This tabernacle is not what's going to be in heaven. It's only a shadow. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven? What, how, how more intricate and detailed it's going to be and how unbelievably awesome it's going to be there, how it's going to look? I can't even begin to imagine. I can only, I can't even imagine this because I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at this. I'm saying, I don't understand what this would look like. Yeah. I, I don't think they appreciated what they were seeing. Even when Solomon built the temple, I think Josiah did. When the temple was in ruin, mm. you know, and he and he asked for money to 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 restore it, and they found the law, they found the books of the covenant, they found the law, and and Josiah completely turned Israel around. He was eight years old when he became king. Sixteen, in, when he's like twenty-four years old, is when they find the covenant and they find the books. And they're building this temple. They're working on this temple. Can you imagine him walking in there as a young king and looking around and seeing the elaborateness of what Solomon has done in that kingdom? Well, I mean, in that in that temple. And here we are. And I don't think we have a clue about how elaborate we are to God. Mm. How how much of a of a massive, awesome creation we are when we've been washed by the blood. You can tell when you have brothers and sisters who decide not to participate. Yeah. You can tell when you have brothers and sisters who are cruel or mean to one another, right? I mean, you can tell that we, we have a severe underappreciation for the work that Christ is doing and has done on behalf of his church, you know? I think well, that's why it pains God so much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, when, you're, when your children don't appreciate what you've done... Mm. And they Oof. and they're disrespectful and they and you know sarcasm and stuff and you know just how hard you've worked over that week just so they can have the things that they have. Yes. How how disappointing and how how humiliating and how degrading it is. You know, I mean it it's it is. Uh, or when you have a mate hmm. that doesn't appreciate you, doesn't appreciate what you're doing, or you don't appreciate your mate. You know, and and you uh, uh, it it becomes. It becomes uh, becomes very difficult to live happy. You know, and that's what this and so just to, to bring this back to this for a second, that's what this is all about. This is this is about the Israel God helping the Israelites understand the importance and the significance of what he is doing. Mm -hmm. They, unlike us, where we don't have that visual representation anymore, they had a visual representation of of what was up there. Yeah. And it was before them, and that's why it's so important that it be grand, that it be a, on a big scale. Yeah. That's that's what God is doing. This is an object lesson in yeah. a lot of well, ways. When you go to chapter thirty-seven, and He talks about building the ark. Mm -hmm. You know, this ark will follow, we will talk about this thing, this box, because it's a box. It's all it is. It's a box right. removable lid. It's all it is. I mean, you can you can look at Raiders of the Lost Ark and and you know and and, and see you know Harrison Ford and all that stuff. And well, let's read about it real quick. Okay. In verse, right. so this is in 37, uh, 37 verse six. Uh, he made the atonement cover. So this is the, the top of the box, okay, mm -hmm. of pure gold. This ain't an Amazon box. 
No. This one's got a top made of pure gold, two and a half cubits long. That's uh that's 36, uh, that's about about 50 inches, 45 inches long. And a cubit and a half wide. So about 20, right? Yeah, about, about 20. About yeah. 22, a cubit 24. And a half, 24. It's about two foot by about, uh, about four foot. Two foot by four, about. That's about what it is. Of solid gold. Of solid gold. This thing's heavy. Solid gold. Then he made two cherubims. So these are, these are angels uh, out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. He made one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. At the two ends, he made them of one piece with the cover. The cherubim had their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim faced each other, looking toward the cover. This is just the that top of the box. That, that means they're going like this. And they had their wings spread out in front of them. Yeah, this is And they the touch, tip to tip. Just the top. It's just the top. And, and you know, I want, I want to read something right quick, just for a sure, second. Sure. Go back up to uh, uh, verse... Uh, Three. He cast four gold rings for it and fastened them to its four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. I just want to read it because that's going to come into play down the road. Well, and okay. that's just to carry the thing. Yeah. That's just the carrying. But if you see this box, and this rascal's heavy. Oh, I'm right? sure. It's and it's got right. rings on the side and you got four poles standing, or two poles standing in the, on the corner. A common sense would tell you. They must be for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some people that, that don't do that. And God tells them, if you touch this box, anybody touch this box, you're going to die. Yeah. You'll die. And people die because they didn't take the, the poles and stick them in. They're the going to put this box in a room. Yeah. And if you come into this room at the wrong point or the wrong time doing the wrong thing, yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. I mean, it's an important thing. It's important. It's, it's important. important. All right. So, but all that, of this, all of this leads up, right? And finally, in Exodus chapter forty, they make they make the uh, they make the altars, they make the lampstands. I mean, everything in this is incredibly elaborate. And you can go through and look at some of this, just how elaborate. I mean, it's this about is. the priestly garments. I mean, everything. There's, there's a there, the courtyard. I mean, I, I want to tell you, in this tabernacle, there's a place for the there's a place for the men, mm -hmm. there's a place for the women, there's a place for for. Uh, and then there's also a place that they have set up in the in this courtyard for the for the uh, uh, for the Gentiles, all right, for people, you know, and it's way back over there, as far away from God as they can get. Okay, that's mm -hmm. and that's all set up in this thing. When you read about this tabernacle and how it was set up, they have a place for the non-believers to go. They can worship too, but they're going to put them way as far away from the the holy holy place as they can get them. And then, and then you read the New Testament, and what does Jesus do? Brings them over here. Right. In fact, Paul will say that this is the entire mystery of uh, the mystery of the gospel that the Jews and the Gentiles are one yeah. in the blood of Christ. Yeah. And so, the, all the blood they're shedding, those guys had to shed blood too. They had to that off blood too, but it would never get. It wouldn't get over here like, like that. Now we have Jesus' blood and brings us all, brings us all together. Amazing. Leads us in to the very most holy place. That's right. That only the high priest was allowed to go into once because a year. Because when Jesus dies, that holy place in the temple, that holy place is going to have a, a massive curtain, 60 foot tall. So the holy place, the holy place is that room. I said that, you know, if you were the wrong person or it was the wrong time and you went into that room, you'd die, right? You could only, only certain people were allowed in that room at certain times. So 
uh, Jesus led the way, and that's that's essentially the room where God dwelled. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus led the way, right, um, through his death that we all now, yeah. through the blood of Christ, can yeah. enter in. But in Exodus chapter 39, 42, it says, The Israelites had done all the work just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses inspected the work and saw that they had done it just as the Lord had commanded. So Moses blessed them. You know, it's important. Um, it's important to know what God said. It's important to know how to apply his word. Mm-hmm. There are some times where we've got to be, we've got to be Johnny on the spot exactly with the way God says things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and nobody questions that. But then there are other times where he leaves it up to us to fill in the details. For example, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says, I've been given all authority under heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. He sets the mission. The mission mission is to go out and make disciples of the nations, to go out and spread the gospel. But he doesn't tell us how. But he doesn't tell us exactly how to do that. No. Now, he does say you need to be baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, by the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to immerse them. He's making disciples of them. So obviously, we've got to be baptizing. Obviously, we've got to be teaching them. But how do we do that? Can we do it through online means? Can we do it through individual Bible studies? Can we do it through door knocking campaigns? Can we, Can we do, do it through, through small groups that we have? And, and anyone, I have a small group on Friday night. There's yeah. all sorts of ways that we accomplish that mission. God wants us to accomplish the mission, right? He wants us to partner Nicole, with him. What happens is we get caught up in the minutiae yep. and lose sight of the big picture. Because we take texts like this out of context. There you go. There you go. It's very important, church. We study his book in context that we know what it says. We know how to apply it. You know something? You said before, you said, we're going to get to ver- chapter 40. And I said, not possible. I said, we get too chatty, man. <laughs> and we, and you, we did it. We pulled it off. Yeah, we got we, to chapter 40. We got to chapter 40. Which means the next class, theoretically, will be done with Exodus. We're going to be done with Exodus <laughs> and get into, into Leviticus. Let's pray, guys. Thank you. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this study. I pray that it's been informative to those that have been watching. I pray, Father, that they'll learn some things, that they'll learn how it connects to us. And we're going to do that more and more as we go through the chapters and as we go through this text. But, Father, thank you for for the for building the tabernacle, for building the temple, and for building us into your people, Father. We thank you so much. Help us to be the people that your son died to make us. Thank you, and and thank you so much for the opportunities that come our way. Help us, Father, to do the things that we need to do every single day. And thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray.